Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This Sunday morning, now you have just entered your hour of Thrive Time. I appreciate you visiting the show for the first time today. If you are a first-time listener of this program, I can tell you that you are in for a treat today. We've got two powerhouse guests that I'll be introducing shortly. So you've come to the right place at the right time for your hour of Thrive Time. And if you are a returning listener, then I know that you are expecting another quality episode or quality content. So you are also making a great investment of another hour of your time today. By the way, if you've not had a chance to check out some of our prior episodes, I'm going to encourage you to visit my show site, the jmamietalkshow.com. And on there, you will find the archived section. You can check out all of my prior episodes at the archive section. And I tell you something, this is the last Sunday in June, and we are quickly coming up on our one-year anniversary in a couple of shows from now. And that means that you have an opportunity to go back and listen to just about an entire year of fantastic quality broadcasting that has made this show one of the highly rated shows around. And we've only just begun. We've got tremendous plans coming up for our next year of programming. So you will find that today is just another episode that adds to the library of excellent broadcasting that we've had for this past year. So I thank all of you that have been a part of this journey. By the way, you could also have a chance to check out all of my other goodies at my regular site, the J Mamie com. There you're going to find my books, my blogs, my videos, all of the good things that I've got happening. In addition to the release of my new book that is quickly climbing the charts, the book is called Thriveology. I'm doing book signings all over the place. In fact, I've got book signings coming up in New York in the next couple of months, and I'm excited about that. I also have the launch of a Thrive course that we'll have more details about that coming up soon, but you'll see a little bit of that on the jmamie.com site. You'll also find out that coming up We've got a couple of local events. If you're local to Dallas, we've got events for those of you who are moving into town brand new. We've got a summer social coming up. So there's a bunch of activity that I am bringing to the world that is valuable so that you can thrive in your life and whatever area of thriving that you are intent on doing. But I want to talk about my first guest here today. My first guest is surely making headway in the world of development, in the world of challenging uh, not only men, but challenging people to live but to live a, a legendary life. And, you know, you got to love a guy who writes a book called Legendary and talks about living a legendary life. And he certainly is doing that. Tommy Breedlove is my first guest today. Not only is he a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of the book Legendary, but he has dedicated his life now to empowering people to be pros, not only in leadership and business and relationship. He's challenging men to stop chasing the ghost of more and when. And he's doing it at a high level. The man is playing at a high level. So when you've got someone of that caliber, you've got to have the brother on the show. So I just want to welcome Tommy Breedlove on the show. Tommy, welcome to the show. Jay, my brother, it is an honor and I'm humbled to be here, my friend. Hey, man, I am just happy that you had a good workout and you're pumped for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just told him I was pouring sweat. So let's, why not go from a workout to an interview, man? I'm stoked to be here. <laughs> All right. Listen, legendary people do those kind of things. <laughs> 
So it's all good. How about this inspiring legends? If there you go. Legend, you'd laugh me off the air, brother. <laughs> right, inspiring legends. Got it. Got it. That's good. Hey, go. before we we pack ten pounds of groceries in a two pound bag, uh, we're excited to have you on the show. But can you share a little of your story with our listening audience? Yeah, happy to, man. So I grew up uh, good, solid, blue-collar, humble beginnings, south side of Atlanta. Unfortunately, my friend, I was scheduled to be the first person in my family to graduate college, had a full ride to the University of Georgia, some to the University of Miami and a few other colleges. And unfortunately, I grew up in and around uh, abuse and violence. Uh, and unfortunately for me, I became what I hated. I became that violent. And at 18 years old, I committed a violent crime. And instead of going to UGA to be the first person to graduate college, I was looking at years in prison. Luckily, it was reduced to heavy misdemeanors and dropped to two years. And I ended up spending my 19th birthday, birthday, uh, 19th birthday incarcerated. Cool thing happened to me there, though. A, scared me to death. B, an African-American and gentleman decided to step across racial lines and mentor me and really show me what being a man was all about because I didn't have much mm. good male mentorship in my life. Mm. And with his guidance and advice. I got rid of a bunch of negative things in my life and took personal accountability and went to work in a factory when I got out for $6 an hour in the morning. Community college at night did end up back at the UGA. And then um, my, one of my proudest moments in life is I literally went from a jail cell to a company called Deloitte in three years. And so super, super pumped about that. So I graduated, went to a huge financial consulting and public accounting firm. Let's fast forward 15 years. Um, I was just out working, out hustling, out moving everybody. I had moved on from Deloitte to other large uh, public accounting, mergers and acquisitions, and financial consulting firms. Fifteen years later, man, I am, I've got the American dream, the corner office, the shiny suit, the big title, making all the mo like money that my family had never seen. But I couldn't figure out why I was alone, miserable, tired, scared, angry, and just, just angry, man. And it's because I never dealt with any of my fears, my insecurities, and my not enoughs that was beaten to me as a young boy. And when the money, power, and fame didn't didn't uh, didn't make me happy, I turned to all the darkness that you see on TV and the Wolf of Wall Street and everything else. It literally almost cost me my life, my firm, and my wife all in one shot one night. And at that moment, brother, I decided to turn it all around. And when I turned it all around, I couldn't believe. I mean, I went deep emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, you name it, just to be a better human, to fall in love with myself, to get confidence, self-respect, courage. And when I did that, man, um, I shot through the ranks of my firm, international practice leader, uh, all the way up to the board of directors at 39 years old. Most of the people were in their 60s. My mm -hmm. money doubled. My relationship with my wife became incredible. I got rid of all those negative friends in my life and put positive ones in there. And, brother, the most important thing about that is love, happiness, peace of mind, confidence, and courage appeared in my life, man. And that's that's my story, my brother. And since then, I've moved on and helping others to do the same. So thank you for letting me share that real quickly, Jay. Hey, I, I think it's important for people to understand that dark times in anybody's life can produce a beautiful result if you know how to peel back those dark times and find out where they actually served you best. And uh, you can stay stuck in a rut or you can realize, okay, I need to get out of this, this, this dimensional hole here that looks a lot like a, uh, uh, like a graveyard and I can still make it. I can still do something with my life. And you're a living testimony of that. So I appreciate you sharing your story with us here. But what would you say as a guy who's been in those dark moments and now you are on the other side and still working on yourself, there's still better versions of you I know that you're pursuing, but what would you say was the purpose or what purpose can a dark and unsettling time serve in our lives? 
Man, I think we've got to fail, whether it's minorly or majorly, just to get better. And I think it comes down to personal accountability as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually we've got to look in the mirror and know that that's the problem and the solution. There's no magic pill to life. Life is tough already. There's sickness. There's, there's health. There's financial issues. There's political issues. Life is tough, man. But in order for us, these failures that we have, whether they're in business or in life or in relationships, or you just make mistakes, big or small, it's up to us to look in the mirror, hold ourselves accountable, and learn from those things. And that's what makes this cancellation culture nonsense so ridiculous Mm -hmm. is we need to allow people to fail. That's how we get better as a country. That's how we get better as a society and us as individuals. And so for me, my hope in life is that people don't have to fail big, you know, you know, like go too far, like make a major mistake that's super hard to undo, is that they start taking personal accountability, look in that mirror, and take action on their life in whatever way they want to, so that happiness, peace of mind, and success. I mean, these are journeys that we need to go on. It's, it's better than the darkness, man. So for me, failure is all about personal accountability, look in the mirror, dusting yourself off, and just taking one step forward so that we can be a little bit better than we were yesterday. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned accountability. Uh, unsettling times, dark times, what do they serve? They serve to help you become more accountable to somebody else, if nothing else, right? If nothing else. You said something Completely. key that I, I, I want to I highlight because I think it's important. It's important because you do a lot of this work. It's important because I do a lot of this work and because a lot of our listeners, which are local, national, international, a lot of these guys who listen to our shows, guys and gals, these are peak performers, people that are in pursuit of something grand. That's why we call it the, the hour of thrive time. But you mentioned that you met somebody in when you were on the inside, uh, another brother on the inside, he poured great quality contenting, uh, content mentoring into you, and you were open to it. And that really was sort of the pivot point where you started to get that kind of mentoring that you hadn't had before. And I believe that people that are open to mentoring, coaching, are the ones that ultimately find something within themselves that they didn't know existed because somebody else turned the light switch on. Would you agree with that? I couldn't agree more, man. And you look at all the great CEOs, all the great athletes, all the great people that we aspire to be, whether it's in arts or athletics or business or life, they've all pretty much got one thing in common is A, they they do a lot of inner work, but B, they have coaches. I, I run a men's executive mastermind. Guess what? I am in and I pay to be in a mastermind so I can be better. Mm-hmm. I am in the coaching business. Guess what I have? A coach to help me with my blind spots and get better. And whether it's mentorship, and, and it's a two-way street, right? When we coach or mentor or something, we're, you're giving and receiving. So it's just filled with nutrition for our hearts, our minds, our souls. And so for me, it, you've got it to be a good leader, you've got to lead yourself. But to be a good leader, you've also got to ask for help. Get some help from someone who's in the business or who's a great mentor or someone you look up to because I promise you it will serve you so much, but you've got to be open to it. You've got to be coachable. And here's the key to all of this, Jay, is we know we're not alone. Mm-hmm. We're not alone in our blind spots. We're not alone in our fears. We're not alone in our insecurities, and we're not alone in, in our worries. But the key is what are you going to do about it to just get a little bit better? You know, I like what you said. Uh, I love exactly what you said. And and let me just add to that a little bit. Part of thriving is recognizing when you have to rebound. Um, mm-hmm. And unless someone says to you, hey, brother or sister, 
you need to begin rebounding your life right now. And you may end up still going in a direction that is not going to serve you. But in our last minute, minute and a half, and we'll pick up the conversation after the break. What would you say in your experience are the key elements for someone to successfully and meaningfully rebound? Got to get the negative out of our life. That is the absolute easiest thing. And what 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 is holding them down? Is it people? Is the people around them? Are they judgmentally? Are, are they angry? Are they cynical? Is it a, a habit that you have? Are you drinking too much, watching too much TV? Are you spending too much time on social media? Um, there's all these influences. What we don't realize is all this poison is, is pouring into us nonstop from 24-hour news to social media mm-hmm. to negative friends and you name it. So the easiest thing to do to rebound is you've got to, and it's also probably the hardest, but it's absolutely the easiest, is you've got to get that negative out of your life. What is that? And then the second thing you've got to do, and this is the, this is the easier part, this is building the muscles. So the, taking the negative way, that's the quick fix. The harder is you've got to start building your heart, mind, soul, and physical muscles. So what's one habit that you need to add? Is it meditation? Is it gratitude? Is it reading a good book? Is it listening to a great radio show? Is it watching a documentary or learning a, a craft that makes you better than you were yesterday? So you got to take out one negative and add one positive, and it will have a compounding effect in your life. Hey, Mike, uh, Tommy, that's a mic drop right there. Eliminate the toxic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're done. Interview's over. <laughs> Drop the mic. Yeah. I mean, think about Drop it. You get the shower. Yeah, hit the shower, right? Uh, get rid of the crap, right? The toxic crap, and add on to good stuff. Re- replace the toxic crap with something positive, something health- healthy, something nutrition, uh, nutritional, and that is the beginning of rebounding if you're interested in thriving. Folks, when we come back after the break, we're going to dive into what inspired Tommy to write his book, Legendary. When we come back after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available. Thrivology, action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases, is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejmamie.com. Hey friends, me and my wife, we really enjoy cooking great food. That's why I love Chef Gorgie's award-winning cookbook, Zing. It teaches us how to add boldness with ingredients like pomegranates and sumac and barberries, plus user-friendly recipes that use very little sugar or no sugar at all, flavorful ingredients, and simple techniques. It reveals the secrets of Chef Gorgie's signature new Mediterranean cuisine. The award-winning cookbook is available at ChefGorgie.com. While many North Texans have received one or both their COVID-19 vaccinations. Healthcare officials want you to know there's still enough vaccine to go around. Because of changes in federal guidelines, more people are eligible to receive the shot. Check with your healthcare provider to see if you or your children qualify. Vaccinations are available at doctor's offices, pharmacies, and vaccination sites in Dallas, Tarrant, and Collin counties, sometimes without an appointment. Sign up for your vaccination at KLIF.com. It's a podcast about money, but Stacking Benjamins not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor, too. Theme Park Insider, Robert Niles, where are you headed? My first choice, Universal Studios Japan, to see that new Super Nintendo world. The kids have gone across the street. There's a gigantic water park. Is, is that called uh, Hurricane Bay or something? They all have names that sound like Hurricane Thunder. It's whatever apocalypse. <laughs> Ooh, an apocalypse. I'll pay money for that. I know, exactly. Listen and subscribe to Stacking Benjamins. Benjamins on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. 
Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line, having a fantastic conversation with Tommy Breedlove. We're going to pick up right where we left off in our last segment. Tommy, so you write this book called Legendary. It's making headwaves all over the place. It became uh, a top seller. You're actually, you're the, you're not only the Wall Street Journal, but you're also a USA Today best-selling author of the book Legendary. It's helping change the lives of people all over the place, and I believe it's in the early stages of being one of these uh, classics that will be remembered for years to come as a life changer. But what inspired you to write the book? Two things is the first thing is a lot of people that I looked up to said, man, you got to write a book. And um, for me, as a recovering perfectionist, that was not easy to do. So it was three years of blood, sweat, tears, anger, and not good enough, just rearing their heads nonstop. But the second thing is when when it really came home for me is when I was like, Tommy, this isn't about you, man. You got to take yourself out of this and don't take yourself so seriously. This is about serving others. It's giving back. Write the book that would have helped change your life or that would have helped you move forward. So from pushing on from some great mentors in my life, some coaches in my life says you've got to write a book to ultimately not making it about me, but using all the systems and simple tools and great stories and other things that I've applied in my life and that I've used now with hundreds of other people that hopefully they don't, they can just pick up a book and do one thing to help make their life a little bit better. That's why I wrote the book. At first, I feel like it was an ego contest about me, 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 me. And if you get the book, it is about seven pages of me. And it's about a hundred plus pages of just nutrition, simple tips, fun, funny stories, good stories, inspiring stories, but also very, very simple things that you can execute in your life. And that's why I think it has done so well. And by the way, New York Times, here we come, baby. We got to go get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right, brother. So let me ask you this. Considering that you now have, uh, because of your coaching program and what you're doing with others, you're talking to guys all the time. You're, you're having conversations with people all the time. You're speaking in front of large groups, uh, doing podcast interviews, and not only from a sort of a, a, an experiential point of view, but you've lived this stuff too. Where do you find that most people get stuck? You know, they're trying to live this legendary life. Where do they get stuck? What are the obstacles that prevent them from living this legendary life? Two things. I think for general society is this, this overwhelming fear and worrying about what other people think. It was like, if I was just going to talk in general, both men and women, we put so much stock in what other people think. And mm-hmm. truth, truth be told, they're not really thinking about us anyway. Right. But here's where I think people, if you're ambitious and driven, and I think you use the word peak performers. I just read that book, by the way. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're one of those ambitious, driven men or women, where we get stuck is when and more. When I do this or when I have this or we always want more. And more and when come at the sacrifice of us. They come at the sacrifice of our family. They come at the sacrifice of our health. And we're just constantly chasing that next thing. And, hey, hey, it takes one to know one. I am an ambitious, driven, but I want to make impact, but I also want to have fun and live without regret. So I think two things. I think if we were just talking in generalities, Fear of failure, fear in what other people think, and just a general sense of worry. But if you're an ambitious, driven person, it's just more, more, more win. Make your first 100000 then you want your million. You make a million, now you want $10 million. Someone's always got a bigger boat, and mm-hmm. we always get in comparison as well. 
And so let me tell you the number one thing that I see that people struggle with the most, um, whether it's in my one-on-one coaching or my mastermind or conference programs that I run, it's in our relationships with our family, our friends, and our significant others. And how sad is that? So many of us are different inside of our home than we're out. So many of us will sacrifice our, but we say our families first. That is BS, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you, if you're ambitious, you're putting your business and your success first. And hopefully, and, and then your family second and you third. And my whole mantra in life is it's got to start with you first. That is not selfish. That is selfless. You've got to build your heart, your mind, your soul, your physical muscles. Then it needs to be about your network, friends, and family second. And as a result of one and two, I promise you the profit and success will come, but we've got it backwards. And so we compromise the people we love the most, the time with our children, the time with our significant others, and the time with our friends. And how important are those? They're super important. We sacrifice that for more and when this happens, and more and when just never, ever happen, my man. You know, my wife says something that – if uh, once she hears this this episode, she's gonna say, um, "Mic drop to you." <laughs> the, the consistency. One thing that she says to me, and we've been married now seventeen years. We know each other for eighteen years, and she says, "Jay, you're the yeah. same guy that I met eighteen years ago today. You're the same exact guy." And you just said you've got to be consistent in your home life as you are in your outer life. Mm. So how does what what bigger compliment could she give you? By the way, <laughs> holy cow, that's that fills my cup, man. You know, I tell you something. When she mentioned that to me, you're absolutely right. Because sometimes compliments, when they come from the right people, they mean something. When they don't come from people that really, not that they're not meaningful, but they don't have that place in your heart. They're nice, but they don't they don't carry the stake that those who uh, who mean something to you to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. You know, I, that was really nice for her to say that, and it it, it filled my cup as well. But consistency is something that I wanted to talk about. So I'm glad we're on this now. The person who's pursuing a legendary life, what are the focuses that they need to, what are the the consistencies that they need to focus on if they're going to live a legendary life? It starts with the inner game. You have to learn to love yourself, learn to lead yourself, learn confidence and cultivate self-esteem. Confidence is about doing the reps. Self-esteem is about cultivation. You've got to learn to fall in love with yourself. You've got to learn to stand with confidence. You've got to learn to live with courage. And courage is saying no and setting boundaries with a lot of people mm-hmm. and prioritizing the right people. So for me, again, not to like read, and I've got to, I've got to open the kimono here in a minute and tell you something funny. Okay. But for me to build and live a legendary life and to be consistent, it's about your, I mean, there's thousands of books that have been written on it. And peak performance was one of them we just talked about. Atomic Habits is another one that you've got to take out the negative habits and build the positive habits. you got to put you first. It's like, you know, the whole airplane analogy. That's why it's so good. Put the mask on yourself first before you put it on others. And then you've got to prioritize the people that mean the most to you, your family, your your friends, your significant other. And those habits will help you be consistent, be the same person when you walk through that door at home and then when you walk in that office at work. So to me, it's all about the habits. And you said something great that, you know, when you get a compliment from someone that means something, my coach said something yesterday that was hilarious. I've been working with Darren Hardy this whole year. And he goes, mm-hmm. you know, the def- you know how you have a good friend is when they say you're an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> And you and you and you believe them, and you're like, yeah, that's a good friend because they tell you that's a really good friend. 
But real quickly on the consistent thing, I got to open up the kimono and just be honest a little bit. I just literally ran an executive men's retreat with like 12 powerful men. And it's, we go deep about relationships and forgiveness and purpose and leadership. And I'm not kidding you, Jay. I literally was doing a session on relationship and talking about how I need to be better about not seeing my wife as a business partner and or an employee. Mm. Literally two minutes later, literally we're down in the kitchen. I'm like, Heather, you have to go do this now. And I was like, I caught myself. I'm like, mm. I just talked about this like, you know, 120 seconds ago. And I went right back into the same pattern. But you know what? I owned it. I told the men about it. I told the men about it in front of my wife. I apologized. And I said, I am going to get better because she's not my business partner. She's not my employee. She's my wife. And by the way, we just hit our 20th year anniversary. So hey, hey, congratulations. Congrats to me, brother. Hey, hey congratulations, <laughs> man. You're doing something right. A little bit, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing something right. Uh, or, or, you know, the joke is, is like, why did you guys get married? I was like, well, she called me back. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. Uh, you know it's funny you mention that because that digression, by the way. <laughs> no, no, listen, that that's fine because that's that's what having a great ad lib interview is all about, right? This this is cool. One of the things that I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna invite you back for this one because there are a lot of couples that are working together. Me and my wife have been working together um since we got married, right? And and she left yeah. her job to uh, to help me with my dreams, which which is it's just a honorable thing to do. Um, but you're absolutely right. Sometimes you can cross the line where you don't see your wife as your wife. You see her as your employee or your business partner, and uh, you forget that this is the person who you uh, have marriage vows with, not contracts, not business contracts or employment contracts with, uh, especially if, you, if you've if you been working together for a while. I know lots of couples are dealing with that today. So in the future, I'm going to do a show that's going to have a lot to do with balance if you're running a husband, if you're running a business where you and your wife are are running it together, because that line can get very fuzz, can get fuzzy very fast, and it can create a lot of problems if it's not rectified. So when I have that show, would you mind coming back? A hundred percent, man. We can talk for hours on that, and I, I'll share what we do and how we do it as well. All right, so we'll do that. We'll do another couple show. Uh, in the next uh, second half of this year, you're back on there. Now, I want to ask you a couple questions before we wrap up this segment. You talk about compounding delight. I heard you say mm. compounding delight, and I said, I got to ask this brother about this. Can you explain to the audience, what do you mean compounding delight? Yeah, absolutely. So whether we know it or not, we talked about it earlier in the show, is darkness is all around us. The 24-hour news, regardless of what political affiliation you have, want you to be divided. They want you to be scared. They want you to be a victim or they or a bigot, right? And I don't know any of those type, kind of folks. Um, our social media is it's filled with envy. Um, there's a sense of worry everywhere, depression everywhere. And life is tough as it is, as we talked about. There's social pressures, political pressures, money pressures, and just sometimes how do we keep the lights on, right? And how mm -hmm. do we keep it all in check? That's the darkness, and it's all around us. And if we, even in what we watch, like even if we, certain Netflix and Amazon, if you look at those series, it's really just kind of darkness and violence and sex, and that's what sells, right? So compounding the light is getting rid of as much as you can all of that darkness out of you and start putting what I call mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical nutrition into your heart, into your mind, into your eyes and ears. And when you start becoming a net giver, starts with yourself first, working on your mental game, your emotional game, your spiritual game, and your physical game. And when you start net giving, 
there's a compounding effect of light. And we know the saying, light attracts light and darkness attracts darkness. You'll start vibrating differently. The people who appear in your life are differently. I, I use the analogy, it's like climbing a mountain. And as you climb a mountain, the, the view changes. You start giving and, and doing the work and building positive habits and taking away the poison. You speak a different language. You vibrate differently. You see things differently. And people who are climbing the mountain appear in your life. It's the weirdest thing to say. It's just true. The law of attraction, and that's the compounding light. And the unfortunate thing is, is you're going to leave people behind because they refuse to climb the mountain. They want to stay where they're at because doing anything different is too scary for them. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means they can't be in your life. And for me, the, the, over the last 11 years, as I do the daily work and I've spent a lot of time giving things away and a lot of time just serving others and, and working toward impact and significance, I can't tell you the compounding effect from peace of mind to happiness to love to joy to success and ultimately just hanging out with just really, truly good humans who have my best interest. That's what I mean by compounding the life. It's like compounding interest, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's the dollar today in 365 days. It's going to be worth a whole lot more than a dollar because it's That's right. interest every day. That's the compounding effect of the life as well. Tommy, in our last minute here, I've got a segment that uh, is called My Guest Says. In other words, I, ha I ask my, my speakers to give a, give a takeaway that can be immediately implemented, that is actionable to help the listener thrive. And I call it the, in this case, Tommy Says. So give me one as we close out here. What is one Tommy Says that can be implemented, actionable to help our listeners thrive? Participate in your own rescue. And what I mean by that, go find that mirror and know that's the biggest problem and biggest solution. I talked about it earlier. What is the one thing in your life, and you know it immediately, what's the one thing in your life you either need to limit or take away? Take that away. What's one thing you need to add into your life to replace that negative thing? Again, is it a book? Is it a podcast? It is, is it a gratitude practice? Is it meditation? Is it maybe going for a walk in nature? So again, you must participate in your own rescue. You are the master of your destiny. Stop living your story and start living your life. Start becoming the captain of your ship. Participate in your rescue. Take that one negative thing away or limit it if you can and add that positive. Folks, Tommy says participate in your own rescue. Beautiful. Tommy, we appreciate you being on the show, brother. We're going to have many more conversations in, in the future. <laughs> I want you to go take a shower and have a best, uh, the best rest of the day. <laughs> you are a gentleman and a scholar. And again, this is my honor. And I am sending love and light to all of you. I love you. And um, here's to all of us just leaning in to be a little bit better. Thank you, brother. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Hey guys, Steve Haru here, founder and CEO of Victory Selling. Just finished up on the Jamie Amy Talk Show. And if you're a CEO or sales manager concerned with getting performance out of your sales team, we can help. Our solution is to help you build a sales process that's duplicatable, effective, and works with consumers today through the 2021 mindset. Where you can find me, victoryselling.com. You can look me up on LinkedIn. Happy to connect. And thanks again for having me on, Jay. My recent guest, Bobby Bryant, CEO and co-founder of DAS, has radically changed the way real estate is done. DAS is a digital real estate marketplace that's radically evolving the way people search and transact homes. Now, you no longer have to search three to five different websites to get information on any given property. You can simply text, type, and ask any question to get accurate information 24-7 a day. Track them down, 877-770-3677 or at askdas.com. 
Com. If you've got event planning experience, marketing chops, and can balance a budget and manage a staff, we've got the job for you. Cumulus Media is hiring a promotions director for some of our radio stations, and we're looking for someone who can balance multiple events for multiple stations, handle contests and clients, and someone who knows that social media is more than just creating your own profile. Radio experience is preferred. Find out more about the job and requirements at CumulusCareers.com. With the value of the U.S. dollar continuing to slump due to unprecedented money printing, it has never been more important to protect your savings and retirement accounts from inflation. Many hardworking Americans, just like you and I, are turning to a proven method to protect what we work so hard to earn, real gold. You can have real gold delivered privately and securely to your home or have real gold put into your IRA or 401k. Just call Oxford Gold Group right now, 833-928-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group will teach you everything you want to know about owning real gold. It's a lot easier than you think. Call the Oxford Gold Group now at 833-928-GOLD to get your free precious metals investment guide. Talk to them about getting real gold and silver delivered to your home or about having real gold placed in your IRA or 401k. The Oxford Gold Group is here to help you protect your savings and retirement from the unknown. Call them now, 833-928-GOLD. So what are you waiting for? 833-928-GOLD. Get your gold you can hold from the Oxford Gold Group, 833-928-GOLD. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Our guest today, by the way, is someone that I would have to believe with all of the accomplishments that this incredible woman has had and continues to have that she has mastered, or at least have done very well, (laughs) at managing to stay on task. So Kathleen Trigg-Jones is an Emmy Award-winning journalist. She's a talk show host. She's a producer, a philanthropist. She's an actress. She's co-starred in more than a dozen TV shows and films, including Power, Madam Secretary, House of Cards, Homeland, and the Tupac Shakur biopic, All Eyes on Me. She's also the founder of iWoman TV, Catscape Productions, and Trig House. So, and she's a mom. And she's a wife. So she's got a lot going on. And she's taken some time to be with us today to share with us her wisdom and her knowledge and her experience. So we're appreciative of having Kathleen Trig Jones on the show today. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Wow, Jay, thank you. Thank you for um, for having me. I feel honored and blessed uh, with such an amazing introduction by you. I can just go go back home now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it is well-deserved. I mean, it is well-deserved. So you are a rock star, and you came, uh, I see you came across my radar, and immediately I said, okay, this is someone that, that needs to be on the show because the value that you can bring to our listeners, uh, I know, will be tremendous. But before we go any further, Kathleen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, aside from what you just said, I think, um, you know, there's there's so many different dimensions, I think, to what makes me, um, you know, who I am. It all starts with um, being a, a very spiritual person. I am a, a very strong believer in God mm-hmm. and um, and do believe that. Um, from day one, I've had a higher calling. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I follow that. I, I believe in it wholeheartedly. I don't believe that there's another, uh, a greater explanation for why I'm here and and how I'm able to continue to do the things I do. Um, but, you know, I, I often think about women in general, not just me, but I think women in general tend to, to really have strength that um, is supernatural. 
We mm-hmm. have to in order to be able to do the things that we do to accomplish what we accomplish, whether you're a stay-at-home mom and, and you're the CEO of your family or whether you're the CEO of some large corporation. It requires skill that I think um, we have been given in order to be able to multitask, in order to be able to be the psychologist and the psychiatrist and the you know nurse at home as well as the, um, the scheduler and the person who just kind of keeps it all together. And so I'm no different. I'm no different than every other mm-hmm. woman who's really just trying to hold it together every day. Um, some days we, we manage better than others, and, uh, but we keep going. So among all of your projects, your initiatives and successes, which one are you the most proud of and why? Well, that that's a very loaded question. Um, there, are personal, there are personal accomplishments and projects, and then there are professional ones. Um, and so from a personal standpoint, I thank God every single day for the gift of having my children. I really do. I, I have three children that I brought into the world and one that I was blessed with, uh, who's my stepson. And they really give me life. They, mm. they give me meaning. And so um, I, I feel like I couldn't do anything work-related without having the foundation of, of, uh, of those little faces behind me, knowing that I feel like I owe it to them to be my greatest self every single day. Um, and so that's what, what I first and foremost would say was my greatest accomplishment. Now, project basis, work-wise, um, winning that Emmy was a pretty big deal for me. And um, because what I think it did for me was someone like me who came from what I came from, you and I have spoken about this, and I'm sure we'll get into this in our interview, mm-hmm. but coming from being left in an orphanage when I was a baby and and going into foster care and then being adopted and always feeling like um, like I was not supposed to be anything significant, but really having this dream and knowing that I had this calling, knowing that my dream, my desire from the time I was seven was to be on television one day and to make it to the number one market and to be an award-winning broadcaster and actress. To get that Emmy Award, it's not that I put a whole lot of um, weight in it because it's just an award. It's just a trophy, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the validation that I got that for me, I finally was able to look up and say, I made it to New York City, which is the number one television broadcasting market in the world. I made it here as a news anchor, and I won an Emmy, and among other awards. For me, I think it just gave me the validation that I personally needed in order to feel like, okay, this, this, I think this means I'm doing okay. I think they were wrong about me mm-hmm. when I was little. So, yeah, I I think that's one of my greatest accomplishments. I want to ask you a question about that. What inspired you early on to pursue journalism? Uh, Because that is something, quite frankly, that is not only noble, uh, but how many journalists really achieve being awarded an Emmy? Uh, You've got to do some very special things to, to have that recognition. And, And you're right. At the end of the day, all trophies, all awards, they're, they're just, they're physical, right? I mean, they, after a while, if you leave them on the shelf, they collect, they even collect dust. So it has nothing to do with the physical component of, of the recognition, but it has a lot to do with the validation, personal validation. Uh, and I talk a lot about that, but 
What was it about journalism that you thought to yourself early on, this is the road I'm going into, and then do it with excellence? Right, right. So it's interesting. I did not ever intend to be a journalist. In fact, growing up, I had never even heard of journalism. I didn't know that that was such a thing. Um, I, I, I knew that I liked to write, and I knew that I wanted to be on TV. And I used to pretend when I was very little that I had my own talk show I would record interviews with celebrities and hmm. um, and pretend that I was Phil Donahue or Oprah hmm. Winfrey and that I was interviewing the world's greatest stars. Uh, but then I also really wanted to be one of those stars. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be in, in front of the camera and um, being the person interviewed. So I did it both ways. I, I pretended that I was the interviewer and the interviewee, and I used to record these uh, <laughs> these little interviews and I didn't realize at the time though, that that was really journalism. I didn't realize that what I was was essentially um, venturing or veering into a, a career path or desire to be a, a broadcast journalist. It wasn't really until I got to college. And in college, I was a theater major and a nursing minor. And I realized after a couple of semesters of biology that I probably didn't have what it takes to become a doctor or, or a nurse even. It just wasn't my passion, but I absolutely loved everything about theater. And not only being, not only being on stage, but writing, writing the scripts and the screenplays. And I took a creative writing class in college. I was not the best high school student, so that was also something. In high school, I did okay, but only okay. And I was, I was a leader, but academically, I struggled a little bit. It just wasn't I didn't feel um, compelled to be the best student. It just wasn't in my in my radar. I don't know why, but it just didn't hit me until I got to college. And so as a result, I was always kind of told that I wasn't smart or I wasn't – I didn't have the ability to make it in life, that I, I would probably just go into the military like my dad or – not that that's not a noble career choice, but that's what I was. That was what I was encouraged to do. And when I got to college, um, I suddenly things took off for me. When I got to college, I became a straight A student. I became a brilliant writer. Mm. It's like everything just suddenly came together. And I had a creative writing professor who said to me, um, he graded a, a, a uh, I had to write a, a story, and he read it and he said. I don't have any corrections. Has anyone ever told you that you're a brilliant writer? You really, this should probably be your career path. And I had never heard anybody compliment me that way before, ever. Mm. And so it was such a defining moment for me. And then I started in journal, I switched my major to journalism. And I founded the uh, mass communications program at my college. And I became the first, um, I started a journalism club. Um, and and I became the assistant editor of the newspaper in college, and it just took off. And then we didn't have television broadcasting, so I brought it. I helped bring it to the college. And that was my thing. It just took off for me, and I realized that I have a gift here. And, yes, I still want to be an actress, but as an actress, I may not make – the money <laughs> that I need to survive because there's a lot of starving actresses. But as a journalist, I can make a lot of money. I can affect people's um, emotions. I can, like the world is wide open to me here. And so that, that was the reason. You have, uh, you've done so much that I want the listeners to hear what's your formula for staying on task and what kind of advice would you give to those that are running busy schedules 
lots of dreams, lots of ambitions. But what is it that you have found successful that you can encourage others with to help us stay on task? And when we come back after the break, could you answer that for us? Absolutely. All right. Guys, we've got so much more to go with Kathleen Trigg-Jones coming up right after the break. Hey, everyone. Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want to encourage you to visit my merchandise store. You can find it at thejmamie.com. A number of my inspirational, thought-provoking, action-stoking phrases and quotes that have been so much in demand over the last four or five years now are available in print. You can print them on your favorite coffee mug, print them on a poster. Take my thrive-minded content with you wherever you go. Visit my store at thejmamie.com. Have you ever wondered how much time and money you're wasting when a critical security solution is not implemented right the first time? And what it takes to achieve complete peace of mind, knowing that your people, the premises, and the property are all safe and secure 24-7, 365 days a year. Well, if this is important to you, then you need to contact my friend Wes Smith. Wes Smith is a security specialist at Securitas Electronic Security. You can reach Wes at 214-477-6692. I lost 46 pounds in eight weeks with the help of Andrew 400, having tons of energy, not feeling tired or feeling at the end of the day that my feet are dragging. I would uh, very strongly recommend it to anybody that uh, feel they uh, need to cut down on their weight or who doesn't have enough energy. Absolutely. That's fantastic, Joe. And congratulations on losing 46 pounds in eight weeks with the help of Andro 400. Guys, check out Joe's before and after pictures on andro400.com. Since 2004, men have chosen Andro 400 for one reason, results. Andro 400 can help you safely and effectively lose belly fat, gain energy, and boost your testosterone. We guarantee it. Order today and get free shipping and special discounts available only on andro400.com. andro400.com. That's andro400.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We are on the line here with Kathleen Trigg Jones and... Kathleen, we ended off our first segment by really exploring how do you stay on task and what can you share with our listening audience about how someone as successful and as busy as you are is able to manage that. So could you share that with us? Absolutely. So I would say that um, you. it's funny, before the break you said, uh, you know, you spoke about this highway in this that we stay on, and I would say that it is always a rocky path as mm-hmm. opposed to a smooth highway. Um you know, the bottom line is life uh, throws you, um, you know, curveballs every single day. And you have to learn how to manage those and still keep going. I, by nature, tend to be a really calm person. And so I'm laid back. Not a lot um, really rattles me, right? So I'm able to, to stay focused and stay calm. Um, and that helps manage myself and helps manage my team because I don't, you know, it's not extreme highs and lows. But what I've learned is that actually it's something I think I read um, from, from Bill Gates. The key to success is you write down your task for the day, three points or whatever it is, and you check them off. You do them and you check them off. And that's, it's as simple as that. But when I heard him say that, I thought, wait a minute. All the books that we've been reading, all the courses we've been talking about in organization, it's really as simple as that. And the more that you really listen to other experts, that's what they'll say. It's really about making your list 
and doing what you say you're going to do. You stick to that list and you check things off along the way, um, and you have to stay organized. And as things come to you, you add those to the list, but you've got to get through that list. And then you have to be kind to yourself mm. because nothing – Nothing is worse than feeling defeated every day after you feel like you're exhausted from working so hard. And in this environment right now, it's easy to feel that way. It's, there's no shut off. It's from 6 in the morning until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, people are expecting you to be available seven days a week. And so I think you have to be a little kind to yourself and, and kind um, to uh, be able to say no sometimes to things. I am not great at that, but you have to, or you will go crazy in this environment. So those are those are really my keys. The other thing I would say is I'm an early riser. I get, and you have to know this about yourself. Not everyone's an early riser, and so mm-hmm. I don't look down on those people who don't get up early in the morning. I don't understand it, but I don't look down on it. But my greatest work happens between the hours of 6 a.m. and 10 a.m., I'm fairly exhausted mentally after about 10 a.m. And so knowing that about myself, and you have to know this about yourself, you stack your morning if you're a morning person. If you're not a morning person, don't even try in the morning. Stack your afternoon. But you've got to know what you, what is your, your um, time of excellence and get everything you can done in that time. Because most of us don't have the capacity to just go at full speed nine hours a day mentally or physically. Something is being compromised. So if you know you have about four or five good hours in the day, then maximize those four or five hours. And and if you can, turn off your phone, turn off your alerts, and just focus. And you will get more done. You'll be more productive in those four hours than you probably will an entire nine-hour day if you can just stay focused. I love that. That is brilliant. Stack your activity during the times that you already know that you flow the best yeah, and there's a lot to be said about that because I know that there's people that because they see others operating their schedule or their activity at a certain time of the day. So whether it's you, yourself, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. or someone else who I know who was on a show prior, his best hours, believe it or not, are 7 o'clock at night to 11 o'clock at night. And some people operate best at 10 o'clock at night to 2 o'clock in the morning. If you don't know personally what are your most peak hours, your best hours of performance, then you'll try to copy somebody else's because you gotta, you've got to do something, right? And by copying somebody else's, you won't be able to get the maximum result because it's not really your peak time. So that's brilliant advice. You know, I'll share with you something as you were speaking that, that, that came to me. And you mentioned that you oftentimes receive inspiration in the spirit. And th- there's a reason for that, Kathleen, because it's only those who can be trusted with a task that the task is given to. Mm. It's only oh, those, I love that. Right? So it's only those who can be trusted with a task are the ones that task is given to. So the fact Jay, that this all of a sudden drops in your... I'm sorry? You gave me chills with that one, Jay. Well, that's why you're on the show. <laughs> that's why you're well, on the show. You how, uh, let me tell you how right you are. I didn't know it, but I kept having this dream about Noah's Ark. Why in this day and age would I be thinking about Noah's Ark? Um, And then in my spirit, in my morning meditation or prayer, I kept hearing, um, build it and they will come. Mm. And then it hit me that I woman TV, it's not just about me. You're basically, when Noah built the ark, he didn't know why he was building it. He had no idea. People thought he was crazy. And likewise, I feel like I'm building something that's bigger than me. 
I don't know why I'm building it, but I was told build it and they will come. And I believe that that my calling and the reason that I, I was moved or led to do this or it was delivered to me to, to execute is because I think it's needed. And it's not necessarily just about me uh, producing another TV show. I could do that and, and go to a network with it. It's really about giving the opportunity to others using my gift and the blessings I've been given to get this off the ground so that there is a platform, a means of distribution, um, a village for women and girls who do need it to be able to come together and uh, take advantage of it. So that is, I, when you said that, it just gave me chills because I, I, I often say, God, I, like, why can't I just go and put a martini on the beach? You know, why do I have to, why do I have to do, have something so audacious dropped in my spirit? This is recalled, you know, I, I, I could retire now, but instead I'm working harder than I ever have. Why? And then I think what you just said, it's because I can and because it's what I was brought on this earth to do. You know, you, there, there's something to be said about, um, Running a good race, right? And and you know a, a race uh, ends when you see the finish line, and the finish line is nowhere in sight. Even though you might like to have that martini on the beach, but that's not the finish line. <laughs> that's not the right. Uh, uh, before I ask you our final questions, because we could talk for hours, and and there's so much that you and I have in common. Um, but the 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 fact is, I've learned. This is what I've learned, Kathleen, and I I hope that our listeners are paying attention to this. I've learned. Then when I'm called to do something, when I'm inspired to do something, my job is to do it, and the rest of it, mind my business. How yeah. somebody's going to do it, how somebody's good, how this, that, who's going to watch, who's going to show up, that's none of my business. Mm. My business is just to to stick to what I've been called to do, the assignment. This radio show is a perfect example of that. Uh, just Just get it going, and the rest of it will be taken care of. You, you, that's not your business. You mind your business. Um, and well, boy, I tell you, I've seen that. I've seen that in my life. Thank you for that. That actually is a message for me. I needed to hear that because um, I do worry about those things. I do worry, like so. If I do this, or but then I keep reminding myself. Well, you know, God told you, build it, and they mm-hmm. will come. Mm-hmm. So your worry is not whether they're going to come because I've already told you that. So stop worrying about that. They're going to come because this is what you're doing is, is audacious. It's divine. Uh, don't worry about that. One time Oprah said, people asked her, you know, when you, when you were doing your show and then you saw other talk shows coming up, did that worry you? And she said, I didn't have time to let it worry me. I didn't even know what they were doing because I was too focused on my own thing to even pay attention. So the competition couldn't beat me because I was my I was uh, coming to work, executing my own brilliance every day, not thinking about, not caring about what anyone else is doing. And that's, I, I, I'm a work in progress, but that's where I'm trying to go. I'm trying to just trust mm-hmm. that I don't need to worry about whether they're going to come. I don't need to know, worry about whether it's going to be successful. My goal is to get it there, build it, and they will come. And that's a lot of what I was sharing earlier in my first part of the segment before you came on about how do you finish the task? Well, you don't, there's no such thing as time management. There is managing your time, but only effectively managing your time when you have mind management, focus management, emotional management, and self management, and not worrying about the outcome. That's where the emotional management comes in. Because if you get too caught up worrying about the outcome, you won't be very good at finishing the task. And I'll ask 30 seconds here, Kathleen. What is your advice to young women that have big dreams but are hitting brick walls? Mm. 
um, stop listening to other people. For, that's that's probably the biggest advice I can give you. Um, you and I both are an example of people who knew what we wanted to do and we did it. Had we listened even for a second to people who told us we couldn't, we wouldn't be where we are. So I would say if there's something you really want to do, do it. Don't let other people tell you you can't do it. Um, and, the, uh, and the last thing I, I do want to add to that is in everything I do, there's always a give back factor, always. Even with this network I'm building, it's not just that I want to have a network. It's that it's my gift. I feel like I'm open. I'm using my gift. This is the biggest way that I can give my God-given talents back to open the door for other people. Um, and so I, I would say to whom much is given, much is expected. So if, you ex- if you're expecting to do great things, then do great things. Give it back. So that, that would be my, my biggest advice. Wonderful advice. Kathleen, it's been an absolute thrill having you on the show today. You have to make me a promise because we didn't even get to half the stuff I want to talk about. And there's so no, much we more, didn't. Right? So, so much more. But I suspected that would be the case. So that's why I've got you earmarked to, keep, to be back on the show in six months. <laughs> uh, amen. I, I will be here. Well, folks, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for another.